Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Path. <laughs> what is up, everybody? It is Froth here at Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for listening. And welcome to another edition of Sunday Zine Club. It's a weekly show where we are taking a look and celebrating the greatest artifacts in RPGs. No, I'm not talking about... Uh, the Eye of Vecna or the uh, Deck of Many Things. Oh, the greatest artifacts are the RPG zines. So, yeah, this is uh, the second uh, episode of this um, new show. Launched it last week. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Had an interview with Tim Shorts from over at Gothridge Manor and the Manor Zine. And Got a lot of positive response, uh, people retweeting it and sharing it, and I really appreciated that. So, <clears throat> anyway, it's something I noticed, you know, as I'm as I'm looking for more and more, you know, zine stuff, I, I was reminded of this, uh, one of my favorite authors of all time, who has since passed, Robert Anton Wilson, who uh, maybe described kind of as like a philosopher comedian in, in a lot of ways. Anyway, um... He wrote a series of books called Cosmic Trigger, which uh, were really influential on me, especially in my 20s. And um, if you've ever heard about this whole 23 enigma, this kind of pseudo mystical uh, significance put on the number 23, uh, Robert Anton Wilson had a lot to do with that. And in one of the passages where they were talking about all the 23s they were seeing, um, you know, they were talking about how, you know, it's kind of like seeking you shall find. And the more you're looking for things, the more you'll find it. Like if you're really thinking about it and you're on the lookout for finding change on the ground, you'll, you'll find it a lot more often than you typically do. Point is, I uh, found a ton of zine stuff over the week and, uh, you know, seems like more than I maybe would have noticed before, but when I'm actually looking for it to pick it out and everything, I, I just found a ton of stuff. So, We've got a really cool show for you this week. Uh, I'm going to talk about, you know, by the time you listen to this, uh, we'll be in February and Zine Quest 2 will have, will have kicked off. So I'm going to look back at my favorite uh, zine that I backed uh, during last year's Zine Quest. We'll talk about that. Bunch of news and reviews, ton of free stuff, including the free zine of the week. And special feature, an interview with Ray Otis from the Plunderground zine, Plunderground podcast, um, Viridian Scroll blog. Uh, you know, Ray joined the club and we, we, we had a good discussion. So looking forward to sharing that with you. A couple quick things to mention, you know, I call it Sunday Zine Club. I, I want to try to foster as best you can with the podcast, kind of a community feel. So I want you to feel free to join the club. Email me, send me a message, what what have you. If you've got some zine-related news, if you've got a zine you want to share, if you um, you know want to send me anything or you want to be interviewed on the show, you can message me on the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm forward slash thought eater. There's a little message button there. You can leave me a voicemail or you can email me, froth, S-O-F, frothsoft at gmail.com. Got a quick uh, call in I wanted to share real quick, and then we'll get to it. Hey, Froth, it's Whisk, and I want to say thank you 
for interviewing Tim on your podcast, and I look forward to hearing the other zine stuffs. Zines are fun. I mean, I remember them from back, 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 back. I'm not gonna say how many years ago, but in the day. Even even I started one for fiction writing a long time ago for kids to write fiction. Though that never really went anywhere. It did have a cool title and it was fun to like start to put together. But then I ended up getting a paying gig that I had took my time away from that. But anyway, blah, 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 blah. thanks for interviewing Tim. Whisk out. That was Ivy the Happy Whisk there from the Happy Whisk podcast as well as the Happy Whisk YouTube channel. Uh, and... Uh, the undisputed better half of of Tim of Tim Shorts, who I reviewed last week. Tim Shorts undisputed better better half. Um and always such a joy to hear from. And uh the pleasure was all mine. No thanks needed. I'm very thankful for Tim uh stopping by, joining the club. Uh, you know, I'm gonna be saying that join the club a little bit. I know it sounds corny and maybe a little earnest. But guess what? I am corny in earnest. So, <laughs> but anyway, the pleasure was all mine. That's that idea of uh, of a children's fiction writing zine sounds awesome. And you said it had a great title, but you didn't mention the title. So I want to hear what that was. But thank you so much, Whisk. I really appreciate you. I, and you always lift me up whenever I hear from you. So thank you for that as well. All right, so Zine Quest is getting ready to launch. You are getting ready to be bombarded with a lot of cool stuff. And, you know, I'm sure over the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about the different products that are out there that are being released. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. Um, it's going to be very dangerous to your bank account. But um, anyway, I thought uh, as everything's getting ready to kick off for the Zine Quest 2, I would look back at Zine Quest 1 and share a little bit about my favorite zine that I backed. And it go it was undoubtedly Obachan Panic. Uh this thing um yeah, it, it was, you know, and this is something that has come up in my conversations with with Tim Shorts and will come up again with Ray. Um you know, there's so many of these zines coming out for Zine Quest, and this, you know, the, the the stuff that I've really responded to last year, and that I'll be looking for this year, is stuff that's just completely original, off the wall, and different. You know, um, and, and this this qualified. I mean, uh, the tagline is "Obachan Panic" is a role playing game where neurotic grandmas and aunties save the world. And look good doing it. So obviously there's a lot of com comedy in this. Uh, uh, more description because uh, the uh, the author Fly a Turtle um, had, had a great sense of humor. Um, it's Monster of the Week meets Monster Hearts, but with adorable grannies and aunties wrapped in neuroses and served with a side of chicken soup and weaponized guilt. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, I wrote this as a love letter to my 87-year-old grandma who has survived wars, raised kids, and saved the world countless times, but would never have been caught dead wearing the same outfit twice. So there was a lot to love about this. Um, you know, there was a, a stretch goal, uh, not a stretch goal, but a uh, whatever, a higher tier that you could back. 
to have uh, the author's grandmother actually kiss the zine. So I went in for that. I've got pictures over at the Thought Eater blog. All the stuff that I mentioned on here, I uh, should have mentioned this already. You go to the Thought Eater blog and it's got all the links and everything in order that I mentioned, uh, similar to what I do on Hump Day Blogorama. So, you know, Google Thought Eater blog or go to frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. But anyway, I've got an image up of the uh, the zine complete with the, you know, the, the lipstick kiss on there. Uh, I had to have that. And uh, the other thing that's great about this is, you know, with the, um, the, the rules of, of Zine Quest, you're just allowed, you know, like one color, you know. And this was a great example of how to still do something really uh, striking and cool with that. Because it's like this hot pink color that they used. And so uh, it, it fit with the zine and also gave it a really distinctive look. Um, you know, and it was just fantastic. It had a lot of little stretch goals, like a little kind of, you know, just an extra piece of paper sort of GM screen. And and um, it's actually got some conversion stuff that I'm still waiting on. It hasn't come out, but, you know, Troika conversions and BX conversions and everything. But the, the main game is kind of like a... Uh, powered by the apocalypse sort of deal. Anyway, um, I, I kind of, for a second, I, I knew I was going to be talking about this, but then for a minute I wanted to, I, I had second thoughts because I realized that there's there's no way for anyone else to purchase it. And by, by starting to talk about, you know, uh, grandma's saving the world and everything, I, I figured there's going to be some people that might want to check it out. The author has indicated that they are still you know, working on a website and, and getting it out. So it will be available for purchase at some point. But I decided to go ahead and talk about it because it, it shows something else to think about for ZineQuest. You know, um, these Kickstarters and everything, none of this stuff is guaranteed a reprint. In fact, it, in a lot of cases, it's going to be very unlikely. You know, so if you want this, you know, these zines in printed form, um, you know, the Kickstarters are basically going to be your chance to do it. And some of the stuff might not ever come out in PDF, you know. Some people have unique visions and everything that they, they don't want to do in a digital format. So just another, <laughs> I'm not telling you to, 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 to spend a fortune, but I'm telling you, you should spend a fortune. Uh, but uh, just something to be cognizant of, you know, a lot of this stuff is, uh, you know, unique and, and may never be, you know, you might not have the chance again. Uh, to purchase it. Anyway, I did put up a link over uh, from a comment, um, the uh, a post that the, the creator uh, made over at the Kickstarter for it, uh, because I thought it was really cool. They're showing all the, um, you know, response they've gotten, and they've got like an image of Keith Baker from, uh, you know, Eberron creator with this thing, um, uh, Satine Phoenix, a bunch of people playing it, you know, and, uh, um, uh, just a lot of other fun images. So it just kind of shows kind of the magic that can happen, um, as a result of these things. But anyway, uh, thinking back of what my favorite was from last year, it was, you know, I backed a lot of cool stuff. It's not meant as a slight to that, but without a doubt, my favorite thing has got to be Obachon Panic. All right. So I'm going to bounce through some news, reviews, features, a few, uh, free downloads mixed in here grab magazine stuff uh, for y'all to check out and all the links that i mentioned are going to be over at the thought eater blog frothsoft dnd.blogspot.com 
Anyway, I'm starting over at Blackgate.com. Blackgate Adventures in Fantasy Literature. They are talking about Weird Tales is back. The return of the magazine that never dies. Probably the greatest of all pulp magazines, Weird Tales, has returned. Uh, there's some images up of, of this new um, uh, uh, issue and everything else. The artwork looks fantastic, as you might expect. So uh, I believe this was... Uh, it's maybe considered the longest-running U.S. magazine. Um, but anyway, Pulp Goodness, Weird Tales is back. Blackgate.com has information about that. James V. West does the Doomslakers blog, doomslakers.blogspot.com, as well as the Black Pudding Zine. This comes up again later in conversation with Ray Otis, but they put up a post, Monstrous Toad, sharing an image and stats for the Monstrous Toad that will be featured in Black Pudding number 6. You can check that out. Also, have a link up. Uh, so you can purchase the um, uh, Doom Slakers compilation. I mean, the Black Pudding compilation. Uh, Black Pudding Heaping Helping. And that is over at uh, Drive Through RPG. Uh, it's got the first four issues of Black Pudding in hardcover format. And thanks to Ray for pointing that out to me. I was unaware of that compilation, but I've got a link up for you to check it out now. Let's see, next, uh, Axes and Orcs over at axesandorcs.blogspot.com. Doing a review of the recently released Terror of the Stratosphere zine. Uh, this has actually got two different versions, one for Dungeon Crawl Classics and one for Troika. So if you're interested in that, uh, the artwork looks great. Find out more over at axesandorcs.blogspot.com. This looked really cool to me. I had missed this. Uh, zine called Rolled and Told that is described as a, a comic book a comic book format successor to Dungeon Magazine with adventures, encounters, and advice articles and uh, this is over at timbannock.com Tim, B-A-N-N-O-C-K timbannock.com looking at the October 2018 issue of Rolled and Told there's also a link over to Amazon.com where there is a hardcover compiling issue 0 through 6, like a 300 page full color hardback of, of these issues. And I'm looking forward to checking this out. I love the idea of a comic book dungeon magazine. I think that sounds awesome. So uh, you can check that out again over at TimBannock.com and see if it's for you. Now, I warned you when I talked about Obacham Panic. Some of these zines from ZineQuest, you know, um, they're not for sale to the general public yet. And such is the case with the X-Boat fanzine, Traveler fanzine X-Boat. This is getting mentioned over at TravelerRPGblog.blogspot.com. Even though we can't buy it yet, I thought I would share this. They are talking, sharing the cover of a special supplement number one for X-Boat fanzine. This is artwork from Tim Osborne that is just so great that... Uh, I guess like anthropomorphic creatures, like a like a fox looking deal, and this cover is so great that I had to share it. So anyway, I got links to where you can get over to the, uh, the yet another traveler blog, traveler rpg traveler rpg blog blogspot.com to look at this, as well as the Kickstarter page uh, to the expo deal because maybe uh, uh, when they do start releasing these to the public, maybe that's you know where you could find the news. So anyway, artwork's fantastic. So check that out. I have been seeing people mentioning, you know, tons of people talking about doing ZineQuest 2, um, but uh, it's too much to really try to cover all of it at this point. Um, over the next few weeks, as Kickstarter starts to put up, you know, uh, starts to 
collect all the, the different um, projects in one place. It'll be easier for me to go over that stuff for you. But I did want to mention I saw Ben Milton of uh, Questing Beast YouTube channel, questingblog.com, Nave, Maze Rats, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, they have put up a post over there at questingblog.com that they are launching their Kickstarter on Sunday, The Waking of Willoughby Hall. And this is going to be a lushly illustrated zine-sized adventure you can drop into any campaign setting. So I thought I would mention that because I saw them, them link this link over to that. The other thing I thought I would talk about is, uh, you know, I interviewed Tim Shorts last week talking about doing their zine quest project and they've been doing a series on the gothridge manor podcast where they're talking about um their work for zine quest uh, how how it's gone trying to submit this thing to kickstarter and the, the trials and tribulations of trying to get something launched for zine quest so i've got a link over to gothridge manor's podcast if you haven't checked that out before um anyway you can uh you know some zine related episodes coming up there lately uh, oh yeah, so Goblin's Henchman reached out to me. Goblin'sHenchman.wordpress.com. They've come up numerous times on the Hump Day Blogorama show with their hex flowers and uh, um, all you know these these innovative ideas that they have uh, for doing things, uh, stuff that would never have occurred to me. And uh, they they let me know about their carapace zine that I had completely missed. And this is like an adventure. It utilizes some of their their hex flowers and some of their ideas uh, kind of centered around some giant ants and, and stuff like that. And uh, I, I put up a link. It's free. Pay what you want over on drive through. So if you're not aware that Goblin's Henchman also had this scene out in Carapace, and it looks like you can print it to booklet, booklet format. So you can just print yourself up a zine. And uh, anyway, I appreciated Goblin's Henchman reaching out to me. That is exactly the kind of thing I'm hoping others will do to uh help me um you know get as much cool content in front of y'all as possible so thank you so much Goblin's henchman for letting me know about that carapazine is available now then over at rollingboxcars.com they are doing a review of david sherdwin from technical grimoires low country crawl southern gothic rpg zine number one i picked this up myself really cool interesting kind of historical rpg type stuff now, they've since announced they're not no longer going to be doing Low Country Crawl. Um, you know, given the, you know, the the Deep South and the that kind of historical period, I think they just decided uh, some of the, you know, subject matter, uh, some of the stories were not theirs to tell. But um, I thought that the first issue was really good. Um, I don't mean to make it sound like there was anything, uh, you know, uh, anything to worry about on that first first issue I think it just felt like going forward it was going to be you know start to mine some subjects that uh, maybe they didn't feel comfortable with that being said they have a couple of other zines I noticed uh, over at technicalgrimoire.com getting ready to come out for zine quest tempered legacy as well as marsh goons uh, marsh goons I'm just guessing it's going to be something related to tunnel goons from uh, Nate Tream. So anyway, I've got links to both of those things up. And again, uh, I thought Low Country Crawl was really good, high production values, and was culturally sensitive. It's just, uh, I think, you know, it's going to be the only one of those that comes out. So anyway, that stuff is over at rollingboxcars.com and technicalgrimoire.com. Finally, on uh, the grab bag, uh, Frontier Explorer, the long-running Star Frontiers freezing 
has just uh, dropped issue 27. So again, this is a free download, free PDF, supporting Frontier Explorer, that kind of forgotten TSR sci-fi game. Not forgotten, but forgotten by many. And uh, this stuff is great, not just for Star Frontiers, but for any sci-fi game. And uh, 27 issues, that's fantastic. So if you never check this out, you can download them all for free. This is over at FrontierExplorer.org. All right, so... I am thrilled today to have joining us on Sunday Zine Club, none other than the legendary anchorite Ray Otis from the Plundergrounds podcast, uh, Viridian Scroll blog, and through Jelly Saw Games, Ray does the Plundergrounds zine. And Ray, welcome to the club. <laughs> Thanks. Man, is it always so dark in here? Unfortunately, yes. I'm on a shoestring budget. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also have to get something straight right away. Is there a a no pants rule? Uh, Well, uh, for for, for you, uh, you know, for you, no pants is fine. You know, anything for you, Ray. (laughs) Oh, also got to clarify for our UK listeners. I mean, trousers. Yes, right, right. No, this is going out worldwide. So. Well, uh, thrilled you could join, um, you know, join me today for this. I've been looking forward to this and uh, looking forward to talking to you. You know, uh, y'all might be familiar with Ray's Plunderground zine. If you're not, uh, you will be after after we discuss it. But Ray also does a ton of other zines. Will design games and, and do little pocket mod zines or otherwise with them, and and do creative things with zines um, such as. Uh, as I mentioned recently on a hump day show over at the Viridian scroll blog, uh, Ray was talking about an an article that Gygax did, um, back in the seventies for a Europa zine. And, uh, it was kind of some instructions on how to set up a campaign in your campaign world. And, uh, you put, you put that together into a pocket mod. And I was just thinking how, you know, I love reading old Gygax articles, but I like them a lot better when I'm folding them into a pocket mod. So I, I really <laughs> enjoyed that. So, yeah, what can I say? I'm I'm pretty addicted to putting things out in zine format. I really like the different things you can do with it, and it seems like the perfect length for most of my ideas. So, well, um, I'm gonna have links up uh, on the blog post companion for, for this, uh, so that everybody can get your stuff as well. You know, you have a lot of free stuff that people can download and print up and fold and, and stuff to check out. And so I thought, uh, we'd talk a little bit about some of the stuff you do, uh, before we get to the questions three at the end. So, sure. so one thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, I know that we've both been, I know we've both, uh, been gaming for a long time you know and but back when i was younger when i first started playing i, I was basically little and i i had no idea um about like zines that were going on at the time were you aware of zines way back when or um not really no i i don't know that i ever saw zines back in the day i mean they were clearly around right but uh they weren't on the game shelf hobby uh store you know racks but I think the closest thing I remember, and these aren't really zines, but the pocket games by Metagaming that had little zine-like rule books bagged in with a fold-out map and counter sheet and such. I mean, that's, you know, that's, I can't, but I can't think of seeing anything like a true zine back then. Yeah, so the first zines I actually saw were like skateboard zines. I wonder 
what was your first, uh, can you remember what the first zines you saw were or what your, how your first exposure was to actual amateur yeah, zines? I, well, uh, to zines in general, hmm, that's a good question. I really don't know. Probably somewhere in college. I know I thought about making like a poetry zine in college, so I, I must have known about them then. But the first gaming zines that I really got into were when the Dungeon Crawl Classics guys started putting out, you know, like uh, Gong Farmer's Almanac and some of those others spell it was a crawl jammer and yeah. crawl and yeah so many good ones there yeah so many good ones so many good ones like even if you don't like um even if you don't play dungeon crawl classics um so many of those are great just to grab yeah in fact uh, i think i picked up crawling under the broken moon uh which that's is, the one i was about to mention yeah, yeah i think i picked that up before i started playing dcc and that's kind of what you know that was so cool and it made me start looking into dcc more yeah, that 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 was awesome because that whole um, it, it reminds me a lot of Thundar, which was like my favorite one of my favorite shows when I was little. So, oh yeah, oh, man, I gotta I find Thundar. those on DVD or something. I, I haven't, <laughs> can, seen, I haven't them. seen them from yeah. forever. So, oh yeah. Well, I mean, um, they're they're not brilliant uh, as far as storytelling goes, but there's so many cool ideas in there, and that's uh you know Jack Kirby did a lot of the ideas and the backgrounds for those. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know yeah, that at all. Yeah. I just really, I guess the main thing I remember is like the intro and everything, you know? Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, when you started up Plundergrounds, I know you play a lot of different games. And, you know, there were, there were I know that there's a lot of zines out for all kinds of different systems and everything. Um, but it seemed like most, you know, maybe it's just the circles that I follow or every, and everything back in G plus and everything. But, you know, so many of the zines are really just kind of old school games, old school D and D related. What made you decide to do stuff for dungeon world with uh, Plundergrounds? Well, I think you kind of said it there, which is <laughs> there are already a lot of zines in other spaces. And um, I, I found that, at least at the time, Dungeon World was something that was really fun to write for. It's it's the kind of game where you don't feel like you really can't mess it up. Let's put it that way. The rule system is as long as you don't uh, a grant many plus ones, like it can get broken that way. But uh, that move structure is sort of infinitely variable and fun to write. And uh, I, I learned later that you actually can break those moves. But you know, in the beginning, it seemed really easy to write for easier than trying to balance out um, stats for, you know, another game. I don't know why. Now that I look at it, I think, you know, in some ways BX is easier, but it's what you're comfortable with. It's time, right? And I was playing a lot of Dungeon World. Yeah. And it, well, and it lets you get your own kind of design space. Um, and uh, I know um, a lot of people uh, responded to it. You know, I know it's yeah, there was a real lack of support for Dungeon World, and still is, frankly. If I'm going to be a little, um, <laughs> you know, critical, um, Adam, Adam and, and um, Sage, you know, that wrote the game, Adam Covell and, and Sage Latora, have done very little to perpetuate it since its first writing. They've not put out another edition. Um, they don't really support any supplement books or anything like that or encourage them. They do print now through... Um, the burning burning wheel headquarters, I think, but uh, and it was released into the public domain, a creative com- under a Creative Commons license. But I've always been a little mystified by the lack of support for it because it's a really good game. And uh, I, I will say this too: I, I guess I should answer this question a little more fully because Marshall Miller, 
uh, at the Fine Mess Games uh, website. He uh, was doing these things called Dungeon Starters, and they had a real specific format. And I really liked that format. They had uh, impressions, which were kind of one-liner sensory details that you could give players to get them into the into the feel of the world. Um, they had questions that would really, uh, they were kind of establishing questions that would create things in the fiction. Um, they'd usually have some threats and objects and such. And it was kind of like a, just the barest bones of uh, getting a campaign started with no prep right at the table. And I wrote a bunch of those for myself on different ideas that I had going. And when I realized I wrote them out as a page and was like, um, you know, kind of really cramming the stuff into the page, but I had more ideas than it would even hold on a page. I thought, you know, this really should just be each one of these pages should be a zine. And, and it was fairly easy to make that jump then. Nice. Cause I was going to ask uh, about that. And and the other thing I want to mention, I, I don't, I know you maybe listened to last week's zine club where I'm talking to, to Tim shorts and we're kind of jokingly, you know, saying we want to yeah, like yeah, basically stab I, you in your sleep <laughs> <laughs> because of your talent. You know? Yeah. And it was uh, a nice compliment. Thank you. you well, know, you're, 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 um, you know, you're a great artist on top of everything else. So you have that enviable position of kind of being able to do the writing and the artwork and everything on your zines. As far as the artwork goes, is that something you've always been, you know, drawing and everything since you were, a little kid or is that something that that came to you later or can you oh speak no yeah to totally I've been, I've been drawing since i was a little kid before i even went to school um i've got some drawings i remember drawing uh making drawings for other kids in kindergarten um i have a bachelor of fine arts actually and oh, uh, I not. yeah yeah and and uh and my doctorate in english comp and rhetoric so well, uh, so many of your drawings are, are so great. Like uh, you had sent me one uh, Thought Eater um, a while back. I might put an image of oh, that yeah. up on the uh, companion post, which is fantastic. And uh, you have like the, the, the iconic Rust Monster as the Plundergrounds, um, you know, kind of symbol mascot. And uh, I know um, I, on your Patreon, and I've, I've seen you mention on social media or in other, you know, other places that you were kind of crowdsourcing a, a name for for the for the rust monster did you ever come up with one or is it still <laughs> i have chosen one i'll tell you what's holding me up i'll give away a, a secret here I, i'm just like I, i've been meaning to record a bunch of silly sounds right so that i can have conversations with my rust monster and i just haven't done that yet so that's why i'm waiting on uh, announcing the name because i'm waiting to, to give him a voice or her a voice right got um, him yeah, yeah. So it's in it, you know, it's in the envelope being ready to be announced. So that's right. Yeah. Well, um, I, I haven't seen you mention maybe do anything for Zine Quest, and and it seems like a lot of people that do a lot of zines, um, or maybe you know, because you're constantly doing them, you don't you're not necessarily waiting for February, you know, to do one. But I just mm-hmm. wanted to see what you thought about Zine Quest and uh, and 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 the response to it and everything else just to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, so last year zine quest, very cool, right? It was a really neat thing that Kickstarter did. I was already making zines. So at the time I didn't really think, you know, I'll just let other people have that space. And then, uh, this year when it came out, I really was, uh, I was most of the way through a zine that I was thinking about putting into there. I was doing a hack of into the odd called, uh, into the earth, which was inspired by the, um, terrible, terrible, wonderful, uh, 1970s Land of the Lost TV show. 
but Love it. <laughs> yeah and uh I'm almost done with that really but i i kind of decided in the end that like there's just a lot of response to zine quest so there's gonna be a lot of noise and i kind of felt like it, it might get drowned out a little bit if i go into there but also honestly i kind of have this big backlash right now to any kind of commercialism in the hobby I've always been a little bit like I don't blame anybody for making money in the hobby. Don't get me wrong about that. But I've always been a little bit um, in awe of just the creativity that abounds in the hobby and how much free stuff is out there. And I know you know what I'm talking about because you collect them uh, when you do your hump day blogorama and when you do your um, you know free and pay what you want uh, 5e stuff. Yep. And I, I just find all that stuff so amazing that I don't really like. And I, you know, I, I when I when I started my Patreon, I did that so that I could pay other artists to put artwork in Plundergrounds. And that was a really cool experience. But I, I very quickly started getting worried about things like, <laughs> is this going to put me like, am I actually going to pay taxes on this or like, right. <laughs> am I going to have to keep books? And like, and I didn't I don't really like charging people um, for stuff i don't know why it's not a guilt thing i just kind of feel like we all share right we all trade and share ideas and so I, I, right now the only thing almost all my stuff is free um the only thing i have up for pay right now is the as the bundle of plunderground zines um and i kind of leave those up under a pay um like it's it's one price for all of them now i think it's like 15 dollars for i don't know nine of them something like that but i kind of leave that out there because the people who supported it under Patreon paid for them, you know, a couple bucks at a time and it just feels right. But I, I might, I might make those free eventually here too. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, that's a whole interesting discussion there about, um, you know, that I've kind of talked about uh, and thought a lot about before, as far as, uh, you know, the commercialism of the hobby and, you know, you'll have a lot of people that are really anti, uh, you know, against giving stuff away for free, when that's really, to me, kind of like, you know, some the best part about it is, is uh, you know, people sharing their, their stuff. Yeah. And, but at the same time, it gets, you know, I don't want to fault somebody for trying to make some right. money uh, however they can. So, you know. You know, surprisingly on the Internet, people have very strong opinions. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't get it. I mean, it's like. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm noticing that. <laughs> You're in trouble, you know, if you're critical role and you pour thousands and thousands of hours um, and there's, multi, you know, and, and you strike it rich, right, um, literally, and make a bunch of money, you're in trouble if you, um, because they played the Wendy's RPG or something, you know, like whatever right. it is that they've done, they're in trouble. Um, and, and if you give stuff away for free, you're in trouble because some people think you're ruining the hobby. It's stupid. Like, just let people do what they're, I mean. You know, uh, we, people are so quick to get hurt by things these days that it's just and have opinions on things that they really don't have any knowledge of or qualification to have an opinion on. But, you know, that's the Internet. That's who we are. I, I prefer not to participate in that as much as possible. Yeah, you know, it's uh, like I say, it could be a long discussion, but I, I really like the free pay what you want uh, model myself. Um, uh, but, you know, what? I also think it's important to, you know, to pay people. So you setting up your Patreon yeah. to help fund the art and everything that, that makes total sense. And I also, I don't mind, you know, setting out like a tip jar, but yeah. I don't like to put, but you know, I'm not, I don't create, you know, stuff like you do and everything else. So, um, you know, for me, I, I just, uh, 
the, the, the stuff that I like the most is, is that individual creativity that's, you know, not being decided in some boardroom or whatever. That's why I respond so much to blogs. And I oh, think yeah. that's why I like this. The artist controlled project is amazing, right? Like the, the kind of one owner or collaboration just between a couple individuals with a common vision. That's awesome. I love that. I think that's one of the great things about zines too, because, you know, obviously and I see it in your work all the time. You can take chances and everything with it and you're not having to, you know, uh, try to put up all this money or make all this money back, you know, mm-hmm. not that it's easy or anything, but you can be creative and everything with it. And, and you haven't, uh, you know, <laughs> spent a fortune to find out it's a commercial wow. failure or something. Yeah, it's so it's both super easy and hella hard, right? It's one of those things that like there's a there's it goes both ways. Like sometimes it's just so easy and so much fun, and other times you it's a real struggle. But even that's fun. And I, you brought up a great point, which is like when you when you don't charge much or you don't charge anything for your zines, then you kind of like if somebody complains, you'd be like, "What are you complaining about?" You know, I, your expectations had to be low. You paid three bucks for this or nothing, right? <laughs> so I kind of like that freedom as an artist, and I also I'm just not. Me personally, and there's nothing wrong with other people who are, I am not personally driven by money at all. Um, and so uh, I don't uh, – and, and maybe I'm just fortunate enough to not like have to scrap and, and beg for potatoes or whatever. But, uh, I mean, I've never really been motivated by money. I'm motivated by approval and, and uh, somebody saying my ideas are cool or somebody taking my ideas and using them. And so I put out the best zine I can put out whether I get paid or not You know, to put out that zine. I just do it because – I have a creative itch I need to scratch. I like to sit down and problem solve um, through art and writing and designing. And, you know, it's just, it's my fun time. I do it more than I watch TV. I do it more than I, almost more than I read, um, you know. Well, it shows because you, you're, you've, you've put out so many awesome things. And I'll have a link up for listeners where they can check out, I think I already mentioned this, but some of your free stuff. And, you know, if you, if you can't, um, find joy and printing and folding a pocket mod and having a bunch of these things. I, I just, you know, there must be something wrong with you because it's one <laughs> of the great things about the hobby. <laughs> I found some new, there was a book that I ran into a while back about making books. Right. Um, and most of the book was kind of uh, above what I wanted to get into sewing and hand binding and all this kind of, there was a lot of neat stuff in there, but they had a lot of different um, formats that you could fold with one page. And uh, they call that pocket mod an X book. I'd never seen it listed anywhere else. I thought it was an invention by somebody who made, you know, sort of branded the name pocket mod, but they have some other formats that are really cool. So pretty soon I'm going to put out a zine. There's this one format that's kind of like a snake format, like an accordion format. And it, and it goes really wide and it's, it would be a perfect like miniature GM screen on one side with rules on the other. Um, and so I'm really eager to now design a game around that idea. (laughs) Oh, that sounds awesome. I'd love to see other shapes and sizes and everything. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) well, um, yeah, you know, the, the thing I liked most about ZineQuest um, last year, you know, there were a lot of just kind of standard zines, which is, you know, I, 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 it sounds maybe cynical to say it, but, it, you know, stuff that I felt like I'd seen before and the stuff that I really liked um, was the stuff that was just completely different. Like in this episode, um, you know, prior to this in- interview, I'm talking about Obachon Panic, which is this, which was my favorite zine um, from from last year which is uh, kind of based around, you know, it sort of uses apocalypse world, you know, powered by the apocalypse, but it's about 
you know, grandmothers, you know, fighting monsters and evil and everything. And, <laughs> oh, that's the, fantastic. <laughs> and the person that made it has a, has a stretch goal, you know, had their grandmother kiss, you know, the, the booklet. And so I, I put in extra to get the, the grandma's marks Kissed by the grandma. Well, that's got to put extra power into your book for sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I see some really out there, you know, different stuff, you know, people taking chances with it. But, you know, the other yeah. thing I was going to, you know, mention to you, ask you about, and you kind of talked about it, um, you know, the, 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 the noise of it. I've seen so many more people um, talking yeah. about participating. I think it's going to be just uh, an unbelievable amount of zines. Yeah, I hate to be that guy. I don't want to be cynical about it. But there are times when you when you just kind of like that level of noise just kind of makes me shy away. The 200 word RPG, for instance, contest. That's a great that was a great contest. But there just got to be so many entries. I, I remember a couple of years ago, I was trying to keep up and read them as they came in. And it was I mean, it was hours and hours of reading these games, even though they're only 200 words each. Um, it, it's a lot to do. And I actually one thing I, I said earlier that I wanted to follow up on just real quickly is this idea of the the author controlled or the, you know, with a strong vision doing a zine, it's just one of the best things about them. And I, you know, the antithesis to that is um, bigger projects tend to have corporate, corporate, uh, not corporate. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like, you know, there's a bigger panel of collaborators in yeah. them and too the more cooks. people you get. Yeah. Too many cooks. The, the more people you get in there, the blander the stew gets. Right. Cause um, you know, one person likes it salty, and one person likes it sweet, and one person likes it thin, and another likes it with yep, big chunks. And they're and like, trying to target so many people; they don't want to. Yeah. They want to make it appeal well, it to as many people. Compromise, yep, right? Yep. It comes right down the middle, and that's where you get all these like so many D and D clones. You know, that are just just you know run of the mill melting pot fantasy. Um, with with <laughs> and you don't see that as much in zines it's just a lot more breadth and diversity of ideas because somebody can come up with a really crazy ass idea and um you know see it through and usually people have enough energy to get through 24 to 32 pages without you know needing a panel of people to to do input so yeah that's that's you know why i respond to the blogs too because you have so many unique voices and everything that are you know it's just that individualism and so mm-hmm. All right, so the question's three. You ready? I am ready, yeah. All right, so what makes zines so magical? <laughs> I actually feel like we've already answered this one. Um, yeah. But I'll, I'll put a couple other ideas in there. Uh, they're super portable, which is cool. Um, and I feel like they are the perfect length, and maybe that's because I have a, I don't think I have a short attention span by nature. I think I have a short attention span by cultivation. Like I'm getting tired of things that are longer than they need to be. And I really find joy in something that is elegantly short, right? Um, Like I'm a big fan of science fiction novels from the sixties and seventies that are barely over 200 pages. Um, I'm a big fan of small games where they cram a lot of ideas into, you know, anywhere from one page to 80, right? Um, I, they just feel like the right length to me and, and anything over that starts to feel like just a bunch of dumb fluff, you know? <laughs> okay. Question two, what is something you've learned making zines that you wish you had known when you started? Yeah. Um, let me tell you, 
about my Lord and Savior, the Bow Stitch No Jam booklet stapler in black. (laughs) 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 uh, Yeah, I love it. So I I sent you a link um, to include in the show notes. Uh, I've started a little Amazon list of zine tools that either I have used and love or um, people like Nate Treem have, you know, sent to me and said like, Oh, here's your perfect like corner rounder punch, you know, um, and put them in there. And the, the, the joy of the physical product and the, you know, I, I wish I'd done that sooner. I, I started out putting out digital and kind of continued to put out digital. And every once in a while I'd make paper copies for myself or to distribute at Gen Con or whatever. If I were to go back, I, I'd look at somebody like Nate Treem who actually sends out or, or Gothridge Manor who sends out, um, you know, physical product, Tim Shorts, yeah. I should say. But, uh, you know, and I think I would have started there and just said, like, you know what? It's no charge for the electronic copy. Uh, you want a physical copy, give me four bucks a month or something, and I'll send you, you know, physical. Because there's just a joy in holding the physical and making the physical and, you know, crafting it. And it doesn't take a lot of skill. It just takes a little bit of, just a little bit of know-how. And I don't know, there's just so much possibility there. I uh, And, yeah, that's, that's for me. I wish it was something I kind of had known earlier that it's just by far superior to the electronic format to make it physical. Well, that's, you know, that question too is an important one to me to ask. And, and uh, that is so awesome that you've got this list of resources for people because, you know, so many times people have the creativity and the drive and everything, but they just lack the know-how. So that's awesome. I'm glad you mentioned Nate Treem too, because uh, Nate doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to reach out to them uh, to be a guest as well. I, I love Nate's stuff. So, um, Yeah, he's super inventive. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Yeah. All right. So question three, do you have a favorite zine? Yeah, this this is the evil question, isn't it? This is like yeah. your favorite song, favorite album. I, right. mean, uh, I mean, the true answer is it's whatever one I have in my bag right now. Um, but I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat and give you two answers, which I think is not too cheating. Oh, that's not cheating. Uh, that's not cheating. Yeah. You wouldn't even be cheating yeah. to say your own. You know, it's just whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think right whatever there. just kind of comes to mind when you think about zines is somehow you know. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna say Wormskin is pretty awesome. I assume you've seen Wormskin. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's uh, by Gavin Norman. It's uh, based on um, uh, BX, Basic Expert D&D. And it's it's a very cool, like, enchanted Black Forest, um, slightly Grimm's fairy tale, slightly older fantasy, like, would be on the world. Or, you know, it's, it's got a really cool feel to it. Um, and then the other one that I'd like to name, just for the incredible handcrafted st- uh, style of it, um, is Black Pudding. Yes, and I've actually I'm I'm showing something from uh, from from them uh, on this uh, you know this week's um, you know in the in the blog post. So that that's great that you mentioned oh, black pudding. Yeah, yeah, Talk black pudding great by art. James West. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's James got this. Um, look, great. so this isn't this isn't even a style that I would have thought was my first choice, right? Like uh, it's it's very much like Ralph Bakshi's Wizards or Vaughn Bode or or some of that kind of seventies keep on trucking style uh, art, right? Um, yes. And it's just he does such a great job with it, and it really fits the kind of ideas he's trying to get across. You know his um, so I think the one if if people don't have one that you should go get it's called Heavy Helping, which is kind of a collection of the first four or five zines, but they're all cool and I don't know. Just, oh, I didn't it, know about really that. Amazing. So. Uh oh, yeah. yeah no, five I've, bucks I've, out of your pocket. Yeah, uh, hey, 
It's better than 60 on a book I'm never going to read. So. <laughs> That's right. Um, and, and so, yeah, and so the worm skin, I believe it kind of deals with the Dolmenwood setting. And I think I saw um, Gavin posting about, uh, it may have already happened, but doing some kind of crowdfunding for an actual book on that setting. Or, yeah, or yeah. So in the wake of, uh, now that he's, you know, kind of delivered on the uh, Old School Essentials, uh, which is a fantastic book fantastic i'm actually really proud to have gotten an editing credit in that uh, i didn't know he was going to do that um i did do some editing for him on that but it's just it's so well like laid out and written and so he's gonna take uh dolman wood and put into a setting book and he's already got a, a really cool artist for the cover um that he's announced but i it has not hit kickstarter or anything yet okay well you heard it here first from Ray Otis. <laughs> so, Ray, I'm just thank you so much. I know you're busy and everything. Thank you for taking out the uh, taking the time to do this. And, oh, hey, thank and you, thank by. you for starting a Zine podcast, man. I can't believe I didn't think of doing it sooner. This is I'm a little jealous. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I take that as a huge compliment. It's kind of like when, when me and Tim were talking about stabbing you in your sleep. <laughs> you know, take it as a compliment, Ray. Right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. As, as long right, as you so, don't know where I live, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> well, I, I sure appreciate you. And, uh, you know, to, to listeners out there, if you haven't checked Ray's stuff out before, I'm going to have tons of links up that you can go and check it out. So thanks again, Ray, for being on the show. Oh, yeah. And I also yak on my own podcast a lot. In case oh, yeah. I know. I'll have a link up. The Plundergrounds, you know, absolutely. Your, your podcast is great. So I'll have links up to that as well. And, um, uh, you know, People can have a Ray Otis overload. That's that's right. Oh my gosh, I hate to think of what that looks like. Shakes, foaming at the mouth, right pants optional. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, that's the first thing that happens. The pants come right off. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks again. All right, thank you. Bye. All right, so a huge shout out to Ray Otis there again for um, you know for joining the club and coming on. That was great stuff. Again, I got all these links, uh, links to raise Patreon, some free games and zines, the Plunderground Zine Bundle, their Lords of Mars game, podcast, Viridian Scroll blog, the zine making tools Ray was mentioning, as well as a uh, embedded YouTube video of a zine discussion hosted by Ray. So tons of Ray Otis stuff if you want to check that out. Now let's get to the free zine of the week. Yes, the free zine of the week, what I think will become a popular segment, um, certainly would be to me. And so my free zine of the week, I'm going with the Star Wars D6 Adventure Journals. Now these are for West End Games version, uh, you know, D6 Star Wars. And uh, back in the 90s, West End Games was putting out the, you know, Star Wars Adventurer's Journal. But now, um, folks, you know, there's... You want to talk about passionate fans, you look at some of these uh, folks uh, doing stuff for Star Wars D6, and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how, uh, you know, how tightly connected all all these folks are that have done, like, Re-Up and uh, uh, Classic Adventures and, all, and uh, various source books and stuff. But anyway, um, they revived this old, you know, from the 90s, Adventurer's Journal, and they've put out... Uh, six of them so far and I've got direct links to the PDFs that are hosted over at d6holocron.com and these are just outstanding fanzines really high production values full color art and uh, whether you're playing d6 you know using d6 star wars or using 
some of the D20 versions or Fantasy Flight games or, or whatever else. Um, I've even seen some cool 5e hacks for it. Um, the, these are, are, are great, you know, even just, you know, if you're not using the mechanics and the fluff is great. So if you never check these out, these are all recent. I think they started these in like 2018 and the most recent one, uh, was, you know, just late last year. So anyway, uh, there's six of them up so far. I've got direct links, to these PDFs, these, these, uh, fans doing these star Wars adventurers journals, uh, you know, keeping the game alive. Uh, recently. Uh, started back working with D6 Star Wars, uh, doing, you know, for a family game night, you know, we all watched the Mandalorian and loved it. So I had an idea to have, uh, you know, my wife and daughter, you know, their characters having to kind of babysit baby Yoda, next little baby Yoda in there. I'm thinking, uh, Mandalorian and baby Yoda help <laughs> launch a lot of Star Wars, um, games recently. So. Anyway, be sure and check out the free zines of the week, Star Wars D6 Adventurer's Journals. All right, so that is the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed putting it together for you. Special thanks again to Ray Otis for stopping by the club. Happy Whisk for checking in, as well as Goblin's Henchman for reaching out about that carapace scene. Um, yeah, so... Um, Next you'll hear from me is Hump Day Bloggerama. We'll start this whole cycle over again. I want to be sure and give a shout out to the folks back me at Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Thought Eater. It's just a single tier. It's only a dollar a month. So if you like what I'm doing, want to throw a dollar in the tip jar, I would appreciate it. That's Patreon.com forward slash Thought Eater. Thought I'd also mention if you want to sponsor this program, um, you if you want to do a limited sponsorship for a short amount of time to promote something or a long-term sponsorship, you might be shocked at how affordable it is. So you can reach out to me the same way you would if you have any zine-related news, if you want to be considered for an interview on the program, uh, want to send me anything, anything like that, you can message me on the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm forward slash thought eater, use the message button there, or email me frothsoftfrothsof at gmail.com. Again, all these links are up at the Thought Eater blog, frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. I have a feeling next week uh, we'll be talking about a lot about uh, some of the Zine Quest releases that are that are starting to show up. So we can look forward to that, and I'm going to be reaching out to some folks about uh, some interviews. So we'll 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 see what what I what I can cook up for you for next week. But anyway, just want to let you know I appreciate you if you. Um, if you enjoy this show and you know others that might enjoy it as well, please feel free to share it with others and, uh, you know, add the thought eater blog to your blog roll. I think that's all I got. I hope you have a great rest of the weekend and Logan, take us out of here. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind. Boom, 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 boom